Good afternoon. It is Thursday, January 28th. This is Intrinsic Value Wealth Report Newsletter Radio. So a couple of things we're going to do today. Uh, as always, we're going to start out with our, um, our headline article. By the way, this is Dr. Paul Wendy uh, coming at you every Thursday um, with, uh, with our podcast, weekly podcast. Um, and we discussed often in these podcasts uh, what we covered in our commentary, but plus some other, other topics as well. Uh, the commentary that we have in the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter. So today we're going to start out with a uh, with the lead article that uh, was in Tuesday's uh, commentary, and then I also have a, a thought for you. Uh, this will be the first time that I've uh, shared this with um, anyone publicly, and it's a little change in direction for us in terms of the markets. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's um, let's look at the commentary. So this this commentary actually has to do with a question I had. Uh, from a listener to the Bright Talk webinar that I did um, on what date was that? That was January twentieth, actually inauguration day. And uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the people that listened to the um, webinar had a very very good question. I want to read you the question, paraphrase it a little bit, and then give you my answer to that question. Um, and then uh, we'll cover you know as we always do the market valuation, the economy how to invest, and then, um, as I mentioned, a little change in direction um, from where we've uh, been up to this point. So here we go. So here's the question. Uh, your guidance is not to jump in because of the overvaluation of the market um, and the current PD ratios. So for existing fund investments that are returning at a pretty significant rate, should one consider moving to lower risk funds, contemplating an impending correction or reversion to the mean? Or as Fidelity's best investors have done, and I mentioned this in my uh, in that uh, webinar I did uh, for Bright Talk, um, I, I told them the story about um, how Fidelity did a study uh, to find out who their best investors are, um, and you know they have millions of of clients and, and millions of accounts, and you know they wanted to go through and find out. You know, the, the accounts that performed the best over some period of time, what was the characteristic of those investors if they could figure that out? And so they, they were actually able to figure it out. They, they looked at all their accounts and they figured out uh, who did the best. And the characteristic was, and I have this in a, uh, an article which I'll reference here in my, uh, in my response to this question. So the, the response, uh, the, the answer to what Fidelity found in their study is that their best investors had two characteristics. By the way, you probably don't want to be. You don't probably. You probably don't want to have either one of these characteristics because here's the two characteristics: either the investors were forgetful, that is, they forgot they had an account with Fidelity, or they were dead. And so, as this implies, um, these were long-term investors. They couldn't trade the account because either they couldn't remember they had an account, or they had passed on, and and the accounts were frozen for various reasons, as often happens uh, in the states, and they couldn't trade it that way. So this makes the case for long-term investing, which is what we always advocate, which I've advocated for 39 years um, now and, uh, and, and continue to advocate. Long-term investing is what you want to do. So the, uh, the, the uh, uh, person that viewed the webinar then said, uh, you know, so should they change uh, their fund investing, contemplating an impending correction or reversion of the mean, or as Fidelity's best investors have done, uh, just forget about it or die in parentheses with a smiley face. 
and wait for everything to uh, rebound again and play the long game. So the short answer is, you know, play the long game. Um, and so here's how I respond to that in a little bit more detail. And again, you can read in the commentary um, for this week, Tuesday's commentary, uh, my uh, pretty much my exact response. So thanks for the question. It's a great question that requires a bit of discussion. So I said, if you, I believe if you have a fund investment that is doing well, you should stay with it for the long haul. Uh, but keep in mind that we have seen and are likely to see more significant volatility in the markets over time. I'm not a market timer by any means and have continuously counseled investors to stay with their long-term investment program, which usually means to periodically invest relatively steady sums into the market, example, through monthly savings. Occasionally, the market provides extremely good values after a short-term correction. At those times, one can jump into the market, but that's a hard call to make and should always be based on evaluation of the market using PDE ratios and other valuation metrics. One such opportunity occurred for us in February of 2016 when we were able to purchase Apple at a significant discount to our estimate of its intrinsic value. Um, and uh, I mentioned, by the way, I teach intrinsic value and discounted cash flow analysis, DCF, um, in my finance classes at, uh, uh, at the universities I teach at. So as for the current market valuations, even the most bullish market observers acknowledge that the markets are extremely overvalued. For the most bullish of the crowd, many of them are thinking, in quotation marks, it will be different this time, uh, end quotation. My answer to them is this. Um, it won't be different this time. It never is. History is very clear on that point. And for a more dis detailed discussion on this point, um, I refer to my December 29th, uh, 2020 commentary in the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter um, for a further discussion. And the article, I believe, was called something like, it's not this different this time. Um, so that's an important, that would be actually an important commentary to read because um, people oftentimes think, well, it is different this time. It isn't, never is, never will be, um, or is unlikely to be. And you'll, uh, you'll see my logic when you read the article, the commentary. Um, let me see. Okay, so uh, for more on the market valuation, please see advisor perspectives. I have a link for that, um, that website. Um, on, in the in the commentary this week, um, and that's a very very good website. I use that um, uh, often in writing my own commentaries and just looking at the market and and seeing how things are doing. Um, but a recent analysis from advisor perspectives suggests, um, in quotation marks, the market is overvalued and somewhere in the range of 103 percent to 233 percent, depending on the indicator up from 95% to 217% the previous month, end of quotation marks. Uh, Jill Mislinski writes that um, article and she, uh, she does a great job. She writes many, many interesting pieces. Um, very prolific author, actually. She writes a lot and, and I always enjoy reading her, um, her work. So again, that link is in the commentary. You can access that and read that for yourself. There's no charge for that website, by the way. It's a free website. Um, then I go on to mention, I've run a market valuation model for our Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter commentaries. Those of you that read our commentaries on a regular basis uh, know that it's called Stock Market Valuations. Uh, and again, I have a link for those um, every week in the current commentary. So um, I go on to say, I mentioned in my Bright Talk presentation, the idea of reversion toward the mean. Um, I've been undertaking a fascinating study of this phenomenon over the past year. I've drafted an article on reversion toward the mean, which I will be publishing in my Forbes column in the near future. Um, and, but here's one perspective on reversion toward the mean as it applies to the market. 
Um, and this comes actually from um, uh, Joel Siegel, Siegel, uh, <laughs> Joel Siegel, um, or is it Jeremy Siegel? Very famous, uh, I got that book right here. Hold on. <clears throat> Jeremy Siegel, yeah, Jeremy Siegel, a very famous economist, uh, academic economist, and also a, uh, um, an author of many books on finance. So, um, you know, here's what he has to say about reverse until the mean. Um, let's see. Uh, the stability of real returns uh, in brackets in the stock market is striking. Real stock returns in the 19th century do not differ appreciably from the real returns in the 20th century. Note that stocks fluctuate both below and above the trend line, but eventually return to the trend. Economists call this behavior mean reversion. The property indicates that periods of above average returns tend to be followed by periods of below average returns and vice versa. That's from Jeremy Siegel, uh, his 2014 book called um, Stocks for the Long Run. So I go, I, I continue on. So back to your question about keeping existing fund investments that are performing well. I wouldn't change things around, I say. As I mentioned, I'm not a market timer. We know that the market is overvalued and we know that it will correct at some point in time but we don't know when that will happen and we don't know how that will happen. As to the how, it is possible that no lot, though not likely in this current economic environment, that earnings could catch up with the price and correct the price to earnings ratio that way. In other words, price to earnings, uh, um, it's a ratio, right? Price over earnings. And so if you want the ratio to come back down, uh, the denominator could increase, which would be earnings. Um, but again, that's not likely in this economic environment, not for the, um, for the foreseeable future. As to the when, markets can and do stay overvalued for very long periods of time. And the price of staying out of the market over very long periods of time and missing out on the compound growth that occurs over time uh, can be greater than the price of some volatility in the interim. Um, but boy, I can almost guarantee you folks that you're gonna see some volatility. So just be prepared for that. Um, in my December 29th, 2020 commentary, um, I shared some thoughts I have about current economic, political, and, and the investment environment. Um, and then I go on to, to also reference again the chart that I've so often quoted, and, and you can find that on our Intrinsic Value Wealth Report, um, not Intrinsic Value Wealth Report newsletter. There's the companion site, the academic site, the site where I put educational materials called just the Intrinsic Value Wealth Report. It was the original wealth report. Um, that's, uh, that's a free sign-up. Uh, um, IVWealthReport.com is the uh, URL for that. And so the chart that you're looking for, um, you can just search for that, um, is the S&P 500 forward PD ratios and annualized tenure returns. And <clears throat> what the chart shows very, very clearly is that as uh, price-to-earnings ratios get high, the subsequent tenure return gets low and once you get above, say, about 20, 25 on the forward price to earnings ratio on the S&P 500, the returns turn negative. So again, that's just showing that what we've been saying, uh, when markets get overvalued, they're correct. And, um, you know, and then you're going to have some period of time where your returns are not going to be, uh, uh, be great and could even be, uh, be negative. Um, so again, just be, just be aware of that. So I conclude this, this response. Uh, back to this um, listener to the web uh, webinar. So while I don't suggest becoming forgetful or dead, 
Um, I would suggest hanging on to your funds and just, just keep investing for the long term. Again, you can read that whole commentary um, in this week's, um, or you can read that whole response in this week's commentary. So um, let me grab a sip of my Coke here. My voice tends to go after um, talking for a while. All right, so we covered the lead, lead article. We've obviously covered market valuation, very, very uh, overvalued at this time, hugely, highly overvalued. Um, and we're in an economy that, um, that is, that is um, uh, you know, very challenged. Uh, we, we've had a lot of problems in the last nine months. And we start out before the pandemic with a pretty strong economy. Uh, economy GDP was growing about two to 3%. Um, and uh, we had the lowest unemployment we'd had like in 50 years. We were at about a three and a half percent unemployment rate. Uh, inflation was right around and just below 2%. Actually, the Federal Reserve was a little bit worried that inflation was so low. And, uh, <clears throat> but the economy was doing very, very well. And then, um, and then the pandemic hit. Of course, things uh, uh, turned upside down and uh, continue to be so. So I've read you the response that I have to. Um, to these, this uh, listener's uh, question about funds, and I've given a lot more where I talk about where the markets are or where the economy. There's one article I wanna mention, and I put this on the social media, and I've referenced this also in uh, this week's commentary. But there's a very, very good piece by a very famous um, legendary, I guess we call him investor by the name of Jeremy Grantham. Um, he runs a firm uh, called um, Grantham GMO. Grantham, I'm not sure what the other, anyway, it's, it's in the, the newsletter. You can, you can reference this um, and or see our social media post. Jeremy Grantham has, has been around a long time um, and he's been through at least four different bubbles and he's called all four of the bubbles. He's a student of the markets, uh, particularly of the history of the markets. And, um, he has written a very, very good article. And again, I referenced this in, in the commentary as well as the social media posts I've made recently. Um, this article that he wrote, uh, so the, the, um, the, the links will take you to this article. It's not publicly available on his website. And the article is called Waiting for the Last Dance, um, subtitled The Hazards of Asset Allocation in a Late Stage Major Bubble. Let me just read a, something here real quick for you, the executive summary. The long, long bull market since 2009 has finally matured into a fully-fledged epic bubble, featuring extreme overvaluation, explosive price increases, frenzied issuance, and hysterically speculative investor behavior. I believe that this event will be recorded as one of the great bubbles of financial history, right along with the South Sea bubble, 1929 and 2000. And so, um, very, very interesting article. I admit it required reading for students in all of my classes. Uh, they even had to write a reflection piece on it because I think it's that important. I really suggest that you read the article as well. Again, you can reference that in, the, um, in this week's commentary. So with that, um, um, I'd mentioned that I've kind of taken a change in position, not a reversal or anything like that by any means. Actually, just I've just, um, uh, what would be the word? I've um, I've uh, become a little bit more assertive, maybe is the word, a little bit more affirmative in my stance regarding the markets. Um, and so <clears throat> I'm actually gonna go on record as saying, I, I believe like Jeremy Grantham does, 
that we are in a late stage bubble. Um, you know, we've seen these, uh, again, if you're any kind of a, a student of the markets and look at the history, um, this is so glaringly obvious that we're in a bubble that, that um, is, is just gonna burst. I mean, there's just, uh, in my view, there's no question about it. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, you know, as, as he said in his article, if I can find that real quickly, I may not be able to find that. Um, anyway, read the article. It's, uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't see her real quick. But he says some of the effect, just kind of paraphrasing a little bit. We're in the upper percentage, this is a paraphrase, we're in the upper percentages of market valuation and the lower percentages of economic performance. Um, so again, upper percentage of overvaluation, market overvaluation, market overvaluation, lower percentage of economic performance. That is not a sustainable condition. And, um, you know, that's part of why he makes his case for this being a late stage bubble. That's why I believe it's absolutely true as well. So here's, here's my um, uh, hardening on, the, on our stance a little bit in terms of, of how to view the markets. I would say that this is, by the way, this is not for our average investor. But I would say that if you are an investor that's willing to really go out on the limb a little bit and, uh, and make some bold moves, this is going to be very, very few of you. Um, and as a firm, we're not doing that. Um, but there's you know, other reasons for that. Like, you know, we're, we're, our client base, our, our readers are all across the board. So very few of them are, are this aggressive an investor. But if you're a very aggressive investor, are willing to really make bold calls, you know, read our material, read this article, Waiting for the Last Dance, uh, read other things that Jeremy Grantham's written, and consider, again, for the most aggressive investors, those that are willing to take the most bold moves, consider that this could be a bubble that you would um, actually want to be out of the market for. Um, so again, let me just emphasize one more time, this is not for our average reader, not for average investor, um, but for the most bold of you, um, if there's any of you out there, um, this would be the time to consider being out of the market um, because, uh, again, I think it's almost certain we're, we're in a, uh, a late stage bubble uh, that's going to burst. Grantham says in his article, you know, he even, he even goes as far as saying when he thinks that's going to happen, he says it's going to happen, could happen in the, say, the next six months or by the summer, you know, or so. So. That's pretty soon. I don't know if, if, um, if you know, I don't know if, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if that's a reasonable time frame or not, but it's, it's, it's going to happen. And, and we're just at that much of a bubble with the wrong economic conditions um, that something has to happen. So at some point in time, investors have to get some rationality. We're certainly in that period of what uh, Greenspan would have called um, irrational exuberance. We're beyond irrational exuberance. All right, folks, that's, that's it for today. Uh, those are our thoughts. That's a little change in position. It's really more, more of a hardening of our stance uh, as to where we go. For the average investor, let me just, oh, we always kind of finish up, you know, how should you invest? For our average reader, the average investor, if you have an investment program, just stay with it. Um, even given the fact that you're likely to see um, more market volatility. If you don't have an investment program, do start one. And the reasoning for that is, is that over time, especially you younger folks, um, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, you're going to look back and even if the markets do drop uh, substantially, which they're likely to, um, you know, you're going to still look back and, and be glad that you had a, 
investment program um, going forward. By the way, if those markets do drop, keep investing. And, and actually, if they drop precipitously, then we would probably start telling people to, you know, quote unquote, jump back in. Uh, we're certainly not there now, um, but just keep your investment program going. Start one if you don't have one. Um, those that are really, really bold, consider uh, going out of the market. That's only going to be about a half a percent, maybe 1% of you. Um, all right, folks. Well, that's it for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed these thoughts. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye for now.